Hi, everyone. Welcome to The Funnel, an e-commerce podcast. Each episode, we chat with commerce experts about the latest trends and insights that matter most to retailer and brand professionals. I'm Shannon Keneally, content writer at Blue Acorn ICI. Today, we have with us Jared Hellman, Director of Insights and UX at Blue Acorn ICI. Thanks, Jared, for joining us today. You're very welcome, Shannon. I'm pleased to be here. Thanks. So today we'll be chatting with Charles Brunn. He's the Director of Channels and Alliances at Dynamic Yield about the strategies and algorithms behind personalization. Welcome, Charles. Thank you. Great to be here, Shannon. Yeah, thanks for joining us. So I think just to start off, I really, you know, personalization is one of those things that everyone knows they should be doing it, they hear about it all the time, but really what are the key benefits of personalizing the e-commerce experience? Yeah, it's a good question, um, and the truth is, like, also people have different uh, notions of what it means to to personalize an experience, right? So, um, why people come to us uh, to do personalization is typically because at the end of the day, they want to differentiate themselves from a customer experience, right? How do you craft a, an experience that's personalized? Uh, maybe the same way it 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 is in the best stores, like when you you walk in, you're greeted by your name, you're you know, maybe in the in the genius uh, when you're at the genius bar on your uh, the best stores, you have that experience. What makes you want to it makes you want to come back, uh, and it's really become a kind of competitive differentiator to offer an experience that's personalized. Now, in concrete terms, beyond like creating this, you know, it's it's kind of fluffy when you say uh, you want to create a better consumer experience on your site or in your app or whatever. Behind that, obviously, there's it's also tied to a lot of metric, right? It's proven that when you craft a better experience, people come back more, they engage more, uh, and at the end of the day, they spend more, and they you know just end up having a better business. Uh, so what it's all about, again, if we we go beyond kind of the uh, the customer experience side of thing, it's all about the metrics that go along with it, and typically the metrics we impact at Dynamic Yield is going to be around again. Um, Average order value, conversion rates of conversion to purchase, how pe- how many people have end up converting and buying just because they see products they like, they see experiences they like. Suddenly there's a banner that's you know weather based, and they get into the mood and everything clicks. You know, so creating a bit of magic throughout that experience. Um, and again, it's going to be around a lot of KPI. So the folks that work with us, even though you know there are a lot of folks that are on the marketing side and the kind of a CX side of things. They are driven by KPIs, and so they're going to look at uh, AOV, as I mentioned. They're going to look at um, uh, the relevancy and the, the bounce rates, all these metrics that we traditionally look at, uh, and how uh, basically having a tool like Dynamic Yield that offers personalization can basically impact the bottom line of the business. Talk to us a little bit about Dynamic Yield, because obviously you guys are um, you know, relatively new players in the personalization space, and you were able to release your product when you know when the, the space had was established and you're able to learn a bit from, you know, some of your software predecessors as far as what worked and what didn't. Um, How did you guys approach kind of your your product roadmap and and what you wanted to build um, for the personalization space? Yeah, sure. So it's it's a good point. We were definitely not the first kind of mover in this space. Um, Now, we really came to it from um, almost like an ad serving background where it's like kind of like thinking of it as an ad server, but for content and for recommendations of you know products for example right uh, so that was kind of our background where we were thinking how can algorithmic me algorithmically well that one's a, a mouthful how, how can you basically at scale create personalization experiences that are relevant and contextual um, and so uh, when we came in we were really focused around the algorithms and also you know combined with the kind of machine learning is the a b testing so both together working hand in hand to basically deliver experiences that are relevant and make sense 
so that was our angle. Um, we, I mean, to, to be honest, you're, you're right that, you know, even though the company is seven years old, um, we were not very well known a couple of years ago. Um, and, you know, we are now kind of one of the leaders in the, in the Gardner Magic Quadrant, which has been really powerful and really put us in the, the limelight. Um, and now we're talking with, you know, the biggest brands out there. And um, frankly, we're, we're considered by many in the, the, to be the, the number one platform out there. So it's been really great. Um, and in terms of, I guess, what the platform does, just in a nutshell, we're, as I mentioned, kind of a unified technology uh, stack, which personalizes the experience from end to end. So we can ingest any data. We can then right, leverage that data in order to create personalized experience, whether that's personalizing a banner, maybe a call to action, uh, product recommendations, pop-ups, overlays, notifications, we can do email, uh, and then we can basically deploy all those different personalization campaigns across all touch points. So it can be for web, it can be for mobile web, it can be for native apps. We have, we have SDKs for iOS and Android. Uh, we can do things around uh, in-store personalization. We can do uh, ad per personalized ads as well. We're doing some really cool stuff in the uh, uh, fast food restaurant space as well. So we can leverage that data to really personalize across all mm -hmm. touch points. For someone that's brand new to personalization, how would, how would their strategy differ from someone who's familiar with it, has been doing a little bit of it, or they have been doing it for a while now? So I think this is where kind of um, the educational part of personalization comes into play and why partners are so important in, in kind of helping um, helping customers kind of grow throughout that mature like that personalization maturity journey so it's you know at the end of the day as i mentioned earlier there's a lot of algorithms that automate a lot of processes so that's good when you want to do a lot of things that you have small teams and you want to automate things um, and still provide a certain you know a, a level of personalization so even things like product recommendations they're easy to set up and you can kind of use it as a black box if you know traditionally you're using maybe a uh, baked in uh, like machine that's kind of doing it uh, ad hoc or maybe even doing it manually. So I think that's that's always a good place to start. Um, and then even simple things like uh, content personalization and around uh, messaging personalization. But truthfully, you know, as as you kind of mature, then you're going to start doing a lot more variations, a lot more versions of things. You start doing not just specific experiences, but start stitching together entire journeys and you start A-B testing entire funnels and not just specific pieces of, uh, of content or specific recommendations. So honestly, that's why, you know, we've found success with our partners because um, it does take maturity. It does take uh, processes. It does take, you know, a lot of different team members to kind of play into this. And so the, I, I wish I had, you know, kind of a silver bullet to, to say, you know, what are the different steps you should take? It's going to depend on so many different things and it's going to depend on the different verticals. It's going to depend on what, uh, you know, what the, the team is made out of and things like that. Sure. Uh, but that's where you guys basically are the, the pros and can add value. Basically. Yeah, you set us up pretty well. I guess now is as good a time as any to mention that Blue Acorn ICI is a, a full-fledged partner for Dynamic Yield. Um, talk to us. Plug. Shameless plug. <laughs> Charles, talk to us a little bit about... And, and this is kind of in line with the question that Shannon just asked, but about kind of demystifying personalization. Um, I think that one of the things that we've run into in the past is um, sort of folks calling the emperor naked on personalization just because for whatever reason they could never fully operationalize it, right? They had difficulties with, um, you know, getting the technology, finding the, the kind of the correct data attributes to map to the cohorts they wanted to personalize against 
or they had trouble figuring out you know where in the in the funnel um, it was appropriate to start thinking about a customized experience but it seems like dynamic yield has has really done a great job of sort of making personalization accessible to mid-market clients um, obviously your your focus is is upstream of that um, but even for you know some of the smaller shops for whom you know personalization was a pretty lofty aspiration you guys have, have been able to to actualize it for them yeah, so I, you touched upon a lot of different things. Um, it's true that historically personalization has been difficult because you also have a lot of different stacks. They're poorly connected. Uh, they do a lot of bits and pieces of that whole journey. Uh, and so being able to really create something that's a, I hate this word, like, but, but like a true, true 360 kind of experience of, the, of, the per, of, like a, of a journey, um, it's, it's been hard, right? You'd have to use different tools and they wouldn't communicate well. They wouldn't do everything well. So with us, I guess one of our advantages is that we're a unified solution. So we can do a lot of things within one tool. You don't have to you know, buy all the different bits and pieces. You can certainly start, like I said, with Rex if you want, uh, but you can grow into the other components as well and then create that real uh, personalized experience across all those touch points. So I think it, it's getting easier and not just with us. I mean, it, truthfully, like the market is getting easier. The, the, also, the thing that's complicated is that everybody's now starting to say that they are doing everything. Right. And truthfully, like we're doing the same. Like we didn't do emails like a year ago uh, and now we do emails, right? So we're kind of creeping into that even though we don't compete with ESPs because we essentially in, uh, integrate with other ESPs, right? right? But we do the personalization component where we kind of enrich or enhance the, the content there. So... Um, it's getting simpler, but it's also getting more complicated in the same way because you don't really know who does what and where the where it starts and where it ends. I don't know if that's starting to, to answer part of your question because there was a lot of bits and pieces into that. Um, you, you also mentioned, I guess, how complicated it is. And I have to say that, um, I mean, even when it comes to like integration and things, these things are getting easier. Um, you know, we essentially are a client-side solution. So we can, you know, we're platform agnostic. We can be placed on everything, but we also have plugins with like a Shopify or a Magento or even Salesforce Commerce. So we, that makes also the integration easier. Thankfully, it's getting easier to be able to do these type of things. Um, and also we have partners like you guys that can basically hold the hand of, of partners that are trying to get to a place that's, that's a little bit more sophisticated and advanced. Charles, I, I recall the not too distant past when personalization was, was the future of, of e-commerce now that personalization is, is very much here, thanks in part to uh, technology solutions like Dynamic Yield, where do we go from here? What do you, what do you feel like the, the future of personalization is for, for online retail? So, you know, when I started, I was talking about customer experience. And I think uh, really personalization is going to just permeate across, you know, the entire customer experience. So obviously it's easier to do it for the online world just because you're collecting all this data and you can basically identify you know visitors and understand where they're coming in from etc but we're now more and more able to track a lot of things offline as well right so um i think it, it's gonna get like i think honestly if we were teleported like you know 50 years from now we'd be incredibly creeped out by how it's going to become but it's just going to become normal for all of us right mm-hmm. um and like you know i have a connected house and a lot of things that are talking to me but they don't really talk to me in a personalized way, but I'm sure, you know, when I'll come in, they'll be like, hi, Charles, how are you doing? And, um, you know, we put the temperature in your office at the right temperature and we put, you know, uh, we ordered some beer for you because we need it. Like, we queued up Lady Gaga for you. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I mean, essentially every single touch point is going to become hyper personalized, uh, even in, I was going to say the offline world. There's no offline world in reality. I mean, everything is, is online. 
But you know, even we're doing some very cool stuff. For example, um, with a, a fast, a pretty large fast food uh, chain, and personalizing the drive-through experience. I mean, you know, the the impact you can have by doing that uh, is quite mind-boggling because suddenly you can, you know, short, shorten the time to wait for, you know, your sandwich or your fries or whatever it may be. Um, so I guess, you know, it's going to be basically touching every single interaction you have, even the most, the slightest ones that you might not be thinking of. How do you know that customer that's driving through is who they are and how would that, the store personalize that experience through the drive-through? So there's, there's different ways of doing that. Um, and you can do it, obviously there's geofences and stuff like that. So, you know, based on your mobile device and things like that, you can look at, uh, I mean, things like driver's license as well is obviously another way we can identify uh, specific uh, visitors. Again, you know, we, we were also doing some, some work with um, specific beacons where you can pick up on, you know, what people are doing in store and stuff. So there's more and more in-store technology that allows you to pick up on, like, who the visitors are and also probabilistically understand who that visitor might be uh, to trigger a coupon, a notification. Mm -hmm. There's just a lot of great stuff going on. And, and by the way, like we also will be integrating with much more because tech companies are, you know, we're doing a lot of cool stuff, but there's so many other companies out there that are doing cool stuff in like parallel universes that we're going to be eventually needing, right? So it's pretty fascinating space. <laughs> yeah. I feel like people who are in e-commerce or marketing, it kind of goes back to the being creepy thing. Like I can have friends who are like, oh, just looking this up and now there's ads everywhere. Then once they explain it to them. Yeah, I mean, I think a lot of times people are concerned, again, that it becomes creepy. Mm -hmm. uh, but overwhelmingly, if you look at uh, what at least browsers and, and visitors are saying, like a visitors to sites, they're saying that they love personalization. Now, again, maybe they don't want you to say, hey, Shannon, how are you? How was your weekend? You know, maybe that's too creepy. But um, really, like when I go now to websites that are basically completely static, I'm like, guys, why are you showing me right. baby diapers? You know, that's not what I'm mm -hmm. here for. Or uh, so I, I get a bit annoyed and I get, you know, I guess, you know, we're, we're on this world where we're constantly like, uh, uh, now if it takes two seconds, we're like, what the hell? We're just like bounced. So uh, I get the, the same way I get annoyed if, if a site's slow. I get annoyed if a site is completely static, right. basically. Do you find that more brands are being more open about, hey, we need this information because we want to personalize this experience for you. Here's how we're going to use it. Here's why your experience with us will be better. Yeah, for sure. And I think um, what's you know going on in Europe with GDPR has basically pushed that to the next level. And I think the, the real the, the real pros definitely are forthcoming when it comes to what data they capture. I mean, we all hate those new things, pop-ups where they ask, uh, you know, we're track where they say we're tracking your data, but I think it's the right thing to do. And again, when it comes to doing it for any type of interaction, again, whether it's uh, an Alexa or whether it's uh, you know, a drive-through, then asking beforehand, I think, is, is the right approach. Uh, but I think people are comfortable and, and overwhelming. What we're seeing, even sometimes there's like browser notifications, people, yeah, thumbs up, we, we don't mind. So, so, so long as it adds value, right? right? So where are some of the top myths when it comes to personalization? So it's a good question. I think there's a lot of myths around personalization. Um, one of them that comes up often when I'm talking with customers, they'll say, well, you know, we, we don't have a lot of returning customers, so we, we can't really personalize because a lot of our customers are first-time visitors. And, you know, you'd be surprised. There's a lot of things you can do even from first-time visitors because at the end of the day, what we're picking up on is a lot of cues um, that you might not think of, like, you know, where the visitor's browsing from. That indicates the geo. That indicates the weather. What, we can, what can we do with the weather? 
uh, what device are they using? What is the OS? What, you know, if it's uh, OS 6 or OS 10, it's not the same thing, right? Mm. All these different cues um, are going to be able to allow us to understand context and therefore start personalizing right off the bat. And then we also have like the way dynamic yield works is, well, we have a suite of different algorithms that you can use and they'll start shifting based on the amount of data they have. So if you don't have any data, we'll show most popular products, but it might be most pro popular within that specific geo and that performs already much better than something static. Okay. So that's one of them. Um, obviously, I talked a little bit with Jared before about how he was saying like implementation can be complicated. Well, implementation is getting really, really easier. So uh, it's almost something that you can now set up in a matter of weeks, uh, whereas you know before it used to be months. Uh, so that's that's a myth that I hear a lot. Um, it's all, another myth is that it's costly. Well, it depends. You know, you, sometimes it can be costly if you want to do a 18 month roadmap and do some super sophisticated stuff and have the best of breed uh, folks that are you know going to be working with you. But if you want to start you know crawling, you can start doing uh, you know a lot of interesting things that are going to have an impact on your bottom line without necessarily spending top dollars. Uh, and lastly, another one that I hear, which is a little bit connected to the first one, is oh, we don't have enough traffic. I think that also depends. I think, um, first of all, if you have a lot of repeat visitors, it might still make sense because, you know, obviously, you know, we'll have even more data so we can do even more interesting things. Um, and then truthfully, like it'll depend on your margins. It'll depend on how passionate your visitors are about your product. Uh, so if you have highly engaged visitors, if you're selling $3,000 diamond rings, well, if you can increase conversions by 1.5%, that's going to be a huge yeah. impact on your bottom line, even if you have... 10 or 12,000 visitors. So mm -hmm. um, you don't necessarily have to be a massive company collecting massive amounts of data. Even, you know, to Jared's point, like mid-market, um, you know, Shopify brands or, or exciting direct-to-consumer brands that are popping up uh, can see a lot of value with, with a technology like Dynamic Yield or any other personalization technology. Does that ever become like too much personalization or too much segmentation or is it really just... It depends on the brand. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess too much from what context? Because you could say too much, uh, too much to manage, too much because uh, you know obviously we have customers that are doing super um, sophisticated mm -hmm. things, and they have you know hundreds of micro segments that they're uh, targeting differently, and then they need teams to manage that. Right. Um, but then they see amazing results. So it's a lot to manage sometimes. You know, if you want to go really sophisticated, but it's worth it. So. And then if, if you're talking about the customer experience side of things, um, I mean, you definitely want to be conscious of not, you know, being one of those flashy, you know, websites with like banners uh, and GIFs everywhere, et cetera. Uh, but I guess it, it all depends on your, on your client. I mean, we have, so we have something called templates in Dynamic Yield where we have these kind of pre-built things that you can launch really quickly. And some of them, to be honest, some of them are pretty... Um, Flashy. There's kind of the type of things you'd have in flash sales, like a countdown banner or a wheel, a spinning wheel of uh, uh, wheel of fortune, or one of these different things to, to get like um, discounts and stuff. I mean, a luxury brand like uh, you know some of the LVMH brands we work with would never use that because it's just it'll kill their customer experience. But you know some other other customers that uh, maybe more targeting the bargain hunters uh, and doing a lot of like sales and flash sales. Yeah, you should totally do that. So it's going to, yeah, it's going to depend a lot. Depends on what you can manage and also probably how much content you have to, to be able to personalize the experience. Absolutely. So it may be good to end on any success stories or examples you have that you can share with us, Charles. Yeah. So we have, I mean, we have a lot of cool examples um, in a lot of different verticals. Uh, one of them is Tottenham Hotspur. I think Jared's a, a big fan of them. Tottenham Hotspur. <laughs> 
<laughs> That's my best North London. <laughs> so with them, for example, we've increased uh, conversion rates and revenue per session incredibly, uh, mostly by crafting those personalized exp- like journeys. Um, so just for example, just uh, by personalizing the mobile web homepage alone, uh, they were able to increase basically their, their conversion rate by 40%. Wow. So these are things like that, that have a huge impact on the bottom line. And again, when you're thinking about personalization, it could be personalizing an entire page. So in this case, the mobile homepage that was redesigned and uh, for different uh, types of visitors. Uh, or it could be specific parts of the page, like uh, inserting suddenly a recommendation carousel on that homepage banner. Another example is Sephora. We work with Sephora mostly in uh, so APAC, uh, so Asia. Um, and basically using Dynamic Yield, basically they A-B tested a lot of different recommendation algorithms because... As I mentioned earlier, we don't just have like a one algorithm type of thing. We have basically a suite of algorithms that you can hand pick and A-B test between each other. You can even A-B test on a slot level. And what they did is they were basically um, A-B testing like viewed together and bought together and similar products and personalized and seeing which one performs best. Um, And doing that, they were able to basically get a a 6x ROI um, basically on their spend. So... Uh, that's that's one that's really cool. And again, recommendations, it can be a black box or you can start mm-hmm. tweaking and A-B testing. And this is an example where it can even perform better uh, than a black box would. And another one that comes to mind, which is again in a different space, kind of the luxury space, this is an Italian customer called Luisa Via Roma. Uh, basically, they've increased their revenue per user by 15% just by adding uh, basically recommendations uh, in in the, the cart page. So uh, doing, you know, just adding these type of recommendations where, again, you have uh, an engine that's algorithmically deciding which type of assortments of products to show has a huge impact. And again, with Dynamic Yield, it's just a template that you inject on the page. So pretty easy to do, basically. It's really these templates can just be part of a section of a page. It wouldn't have to take over the whole page. Yeah, you... exactly. Yeah, you could do yeah just part of the page. Or you could do a whole page if you want. Um, and actually, even when it comes to recommendations, like you have... You know, you can have templates of recommendations that are completely different. One that may be like an infinite scroll type of thing, kind of like Pinterest, where um, essentially that's kind of more of the kind of I'm trying to browse and I'm just trying to discover new products and I'm looking at this cool brand. And then there are the ones that maybe are more relevant for the cart page where you don't want to have people like going off attention and then bouncing where it's just going to be like a simple like five slider product recommendation. And again, you can test these things out because at the end of the day, it's going to depend on who your visitors are, where they're browsing from. Is it mobile? Is it, you know, a desktop? What time of day is it? You know, if it's, uh, you know, late at night, you might have more patience or on the contrary, maybe you're tired and you're going to bounce more. So all, all these are the type of things that you want to look into. All right. So anything you want to add before we wrap up? Yeah, I mean, the, the one thing I did want to mention, we have uh, a really great marketing team. We have great partners, great marketing team. We're surrounded by awesome people. Um, but we have essentially a marketing team that worked on something uh, actually with y'all uh, on a book called uh, Vision to Reality regarding personalization. Uh, so if you want to go ahead and, and learn more about personalization, how you can use it, again, there's uh, quotes from you guys. Thanks for the, the quote there. Um, you can certainly go ahead and download that. We're happy to also mail one to you if that's, uh, if that's of interest because it's actually on Amazon, which is kind of funny. Uh, you can actually buy this, this, this little book on Amazon. And then there's another thing which is cool, which is a personalization maturity survey. Uh, I'm pretty sure if you Google Dynamic Yield Personalization Maturity Survey, you'll be able to find it where essentially you answer a question and we'll tell you how mature you are and where you can improve and where you can make improve, like improvements based on the gaps you may have. 
So those are the two things that come to mind. Um, other than that, again, working with a partner, I think, is, is essential, especially when you don't necessarily have experience actually driving a personalization tool and personalization campaigns. The truth is, like, a platform like Dynamic Yield can get pretty sophisticated. And so if you don't have the right people behind the tool that are going to be able to drive the strategy, drive the, you know, the different launches of use cases and campaigns, then you, you might have a harder time uh, seeing results fast enough. So again, that's one of the last things I say. Obviously, I'm here, so that's what I'm thinking of. Mm-hmm. Uh, partnering with the right people is, is often something I highly recommend. Well, thanks, Charles, for joining us. And thanks, Jared, for filling in. For those of you listening, uh, feel free to check out blueacornici.com or dynamicyield.com to learn more. And you can listen to any of the other um, The Funnel podcast episodes pretty much anywhere you listen to podcasts, iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify. Until next time. Bye.